Episode 10, The Tower of Nero. Disclaimer. This may contain some spoilers, because, like, if you're into the book, or you're, like, only halfway through it, or you're, like, you want to read it. So, okay, let's do it. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Wow, I can't believe this is my 10th episode of Dragonfire Books. I figured that I needed to pick an epic book to celebrate. So two summers ago, my Ai, that's Mandarin for Aunt, gave me my first recording book, Percy Jackson the Lightning Thief. A year and a half later, I'm a totally committed Rodin fan, and I think I've read all of his kids' books, at least twice, along with most of the Rick Rodin Presents collection. Today's book is the final book in the Trials of Apollo series. So it's the fifth of these books, but actually I think of it as the final book of all the Rodin mythology books based on, like, Greek mythology. So in my mind, it's really the final and 21st book. That's because Rodin makes sure to connect characters and stories through the many series. So today's book wraps up stuff from, and these are in order, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Cain Chronicles, The Heroes of Olympus, Magnus Chasing the Gods of Asgard, and The Trials of Apollo. It's kind of like the Harry Potter books. The stories change and get more complicated over time as you grow up with the characters. And there are lots of threads the author wraps up around that end. But 21 books is a lot more than 7. Anyhow, I got the Tower of Nero for my birthday last month. The book had actually been released in the first week of October, two months earlier, so I was super excited to catch up. It's probably too much to talk through what happens in the Percy Jackson, Heroes of Olympus, King Chronicles, and Magnus Chase books before we dive into the Tower of Nero. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about the Trials of Apollo series. Um, I have to say that the Apollo books are my favorite recording series. A lot of that is because the characters in them, starting, of course, with Apollo himself. So the characters are just really funny, and I think the author, he really made them um, very well. My favorite character overall in the series is maybe Peaches? He's not a main character either. He's like, he pops in every few books. I mean, like every few chapters. But basically, if you've read the Heroes of Olympus books, or at least the second book, you'll know what a carp boy is. And a carp boy is a green spirit. Um, okay, so Peaches, it's a green spirit, except he's not a green spirit, he's a peach spirit. And all he can say is peaches. Also, he has all these friends that are, um, other peach spirits. So, um, yeah. The main part is because that, um, Apollo, Zeus blamed him for starting the war in the Heroes of Olympus. So, um, he cast Apollo down to Earth as mortal. So, it talks about how Apollo has to free these oracles to gain back his divinity. So, in the Tower of Nero, he has two of the three emperors are dead, Commodus and Caligula. Um, there's one left, Nero, famous emperor. Also, they have one last oracle to free, and it is the Oracle of Delphi. And, um, Apollo has to go in there and kill Python, um, his arch nemesis. Okay, so he goes back to Camp Halfwood at the beginning of the book with his friend Meg, but first he confronts this, this lady, um, who Meg seems to know. Her name is Lugu Salwa. She also has a um, dramatis named Gunther with her. So she is like helping them, but like also on Nero's side, it's complicated. She takes them through these subways. Then Nero's troops find them. And so she commands Apollo to throw her off a building. Eventually, Apollo and Meg get to Kip Halfwood. And there they, f- they have to find help, you know? So, okay. Now let's get into my favorite part of the book, the excerpts. Okay, so 
we've only done this one time before, but I'm going to read, like, the summary of the book, like, the back, even though in this point I am very lucky to have this hardcover version. So we're going to read, like, that part that flaps open at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. So it says, After spending six months in this miserable teenage body with the embarrassing moniker Lester Papadopoulos, I'm approaching my end game. Meg and I have blundered our way across the United States and back. We've freed ancient oracles, defeated legions of monsters, and suffered great tragedies. Finally, we triumphed over two of the triumvirate's evil emperors, Commodus and Caligula, at Camp Jupiter. But the worst is yet to come. We are heading back to where our troubles began. Manhattan, the base of Nero Claudius Caesar. Meg's abusive stepfather and my least favorite fiddle player. Even if we somehow manage to defeat him, an even more powerful threat lurks in the background. My arch-nemesis, Python who was taking up residence at my sacred oracle of Delphi as if it were some sort of cut-rate bed-and-breakfast. In the next few days, I will defeat these enemies and become the god Apollo again, assuming my father, Zeus, allows it, or I will die trying. Either way, my time as Lester Papadopoulos is coming to an end. Can 17-year-old mortals get stomach ulcers? Where is Lassoulos when you need him? Okay, something something really funny that, that um, the author included was advanced commentary on the Tower of Nero on the back by the gods. So let's read that just because like it'll be fun. Okay. I'm confident that with careful strategic planning, Apollo will regain his rightful place on Olympus. Athena, goddess of wisdom. Apollo's still in trouble? Sigh. How often does a sister have to step in to help? Artemis, goddess of the hunt. Seed by seed, Meg shall prevail. Demeter, goddess of agriculture. Time to yank that stinkweed Nero. Ares, god of war. I just hope Percy stays out of the storm this time. The dude deserves a break. Poseidon, god of the sea. Send in a real hero like the D'Angelo kid. Hades, god of the underworld. What is this? Dionysus, god of wine. Zeus, king of the gods. Okay, guys, that was funny. And we are now going to do an excerpt. And that was the beer. My mom did that. Anyway, let us go on to an excerpt. So he is at Camp Half-Blood, and he is talking with his kids, Austin, Kayla, and Will. Okay, so here we go. On our way out of the cabin, we collided with Kayla and Austin, just returning from their hike with three younger campers in tow. More tears and hugs were exchanged. You've grown up! Kayla gripped my shoulders with her archery strong hands. The June sunlight made her freckles more pronounced. The green tinted tips of her orange hair made me think of Halloween pumpkin candy. You're two inches taller at least. Isn't he, Austin? Definitely, Austin agreed. As a jazz musician, Austin was usually smooth and cool, but he gave me a serene smile like I just nailed a solo wor- worthy of Ornette Coleman. His sleeveless orange camp tee showed off his dark arms. His cornrows were done in swirls like alien crop circles. It's not just the height, he decided. It's the way you hold yourself. Ahem, <clears throat> said one of the kids behind them. Oh, right. Sorry, guys. Austin stepped aside. We got three new campers this year, Dad. I'm sure you remember your children, Gracie and Jerry and Jan. Guys, this is Apollo. Austin introduced them casually. Like, I know you don't have a clue who these three kids are that you sired and forgot about 12 thir- or 13 years ago. But don't worry, Dad. I got you. <laughs> Jerry was from London, Gracie from Idaho, and Yan from Hong Kong. When had I been to Hong Kong? All three seemed stunned to see me, but more in a 
You have to be kidding me way. Not in a wow cool sort of way. I'm better at some apologies about being a terrible father. The newcomers exchanged glances and apparently decided, by silent agreement, to put me out of my misery. I'm famished, Jerry said. Yeah, Gracie said. Dining hall. And off we trekked like one super big awkward family. Campers from the other cabins were streaming toward the diamond pavilion. I spotted Meg halfway up the hill, chatting excitedly with her siblings from the Demeter cabin. At her side trotted Peaches, her fruit trees spirited companion. The little diapered fellow seemed quite happy, alternately flapping his leafy wings and grabbing Meg's leg to get her attention. We hadn't seen Peaches since Kentucky, as he tended to only show up in natural settings, or when Meg was in dire trouble, or when breakfast was about to be served. Meg and I have been together so long, just the two of us. I felt a pang in my heart watching her stroll along with a different set of friends. She looked so content without me. If I ever made it back to Olympus, I wondered if she would decide to stay at Camp Half-Blood. I also wondered why the thought of it made me so sad. After the horrors she'd suffered in Nero's imperial household, she deserved some peace. That made me think about Ludusella, battered and broken on a stretcher in front of Nero's throne. Perhaps I had more in common with the gulls than I wanted to admit. Mag needed a better family or better home than either Lou or I could give her. But that didn't make it easier to contemplate letting her go. Just ahead of us, a boy about nine stumbled from the Ares cabin. His helmet had completely swallowed his head. He ran to catch up with his cabin mates, the point of his two-long sword tracing a serpentine line in the dirt behind him. The newbies all look so young, Will murmured. Were we ever that young? Kayla and Austin nodded in agreement. Yan grumbled. We newbies are right here. I'm going to do the second excerpt, chapter 37, and um, Apollo is back at Camp Half-Blood after he's become a god again. Okay, here we go. Rachel hugged her knees and stared contently at the stars, the dying fire reflecting in her red hair like a charging herd of Tori Sylvester. Everything's working again, she told me, tapping the side of her head. The visions are clear. I can paint. I've issued a couple of prophecies already. No more snake poison on my mind, thank you. I'm glad, I said, and your parents destroyed house? She laughed. Turned out to be a good thing. Before, my dad had wanted me to stay here around here for the fall. Now he says maybe it's a good idea if I do what I want to begin with. Gonna take a gap year in Paris to study art while they rebuild the house. Oh, Paris, Will said. Rachel grinned. Right? But don't worry, I'll be back here next summer to dish out more oracular awesomeness. And if we need you in the meantime, Nico said, there's always shadow travel. I frowned. What are you talking about? I asked. Nico shrugged. Unfinished business. I frowned. It seemed like so long ago they had mentioned this to me. Nico's compulsion to explore the depths of Tartarus, the voice he had heard calling for help. I didn't want to open fresh wounds, but I asked as gently as I could. You're sure it's not Jason? Nico picked at his blackened marshmallow. I won't lie. I've wondered about that. I, I thought about trying to find Jason, but no, this isn't him. I have a sense that Jason made his choice. I won't wouldn't be honoring his sacrifice if I tried to undo it. With Hazel, she was just drifting in Asphodel. I could tell she wasn't supposed to be there. She needed to come back. With Jason, I have a feeling he's somewhere better now. Like Elysium, I wondered. Rebirth? I was hoping you could tell me, Nico said. I shook my head. I'm afraid I'm clueless about after-death matters. But if it's not Jason you're thinking about... Nico twirled his s'more stick. When I was in Tartarus the first time, somebody helped me. And we left him down there. He's a titan. I sat up straight. A titan? Long story, Nico said. 
but he's not a bad guy. He's, well, I feel like I should look for him, see if I can figure out what happened. He might need my help. I don't like it when people are overlooked. Rachel bunched up her shoulders. Hades wouldn't mind you traipsing down to Tartarus? Nico laughed without humor. He expressly forbidden it. After all that business with the doors of death, he doesn't want anybody in Tartarus ever again. That's where the troglodytes come in. They can tunnel anywhere, even there. They can get us in and out safely. Safely being a relative term, Will noted, given that the whole idea is bonkers. I frowned. I still don't like the idea of my sunshiny son skipping off into the land of monster nightmares. My recent tumble to the edge of chaos had told me what a terrible travel destination it was. Then again, it wasn't my place to tell demigods what to do, especially those that I loved the most. I didn't want to be that type of god anymore. I wish I could offer you my help, I said, but I'm afraid Tartarus is out of my jurisdiction. It's okay, Dad, Will said. You've done your part. No story ever ends, does it? It just leads to others. We'll handle whatever comes next. With or without a prophecy. I swear I I had nothing to do with it. I do not press a button on Rachel's back. I do not prearrange a surprise gift from Delphic Deliveries. But as soon as Will said prophecy, Rachel went rigid. She inhaled sharply. A green mist rose from the earth, swirling around her and coiling into her lungs. She tipped over sideways. As for me, I scrambled away in a very ungodlike manner, my heart beating like a frightened luster. I guess all the green gas reminded me too much of my recent quality time with Python. By the time my panic subsided, the prophetic moment had passed. The gas had dissipated. Rachel lay comfortable on the ground, Will and Nico standing both over her with perturbed looks. Did you hear it? Nico asked me, the prophecy she whispered. I didn't, I admitted. Probably better if, if I let you two figure this one out. Will nodded, resigned. Well, it didn't sound good. No, I'm sure it didn't. I looked down fondly at Rachel. She's a wonderful oracle. Okay, guys, so in this excerpt I just read, you heard about Python. Python is... I don't know what he is. He's like some sort of monster, and he's really powerful, but he's like not exactly a snake. Um, okay, so Apollo goes and he fights Python, and the arrow Didona gets broken, and etc. Thanks for joining me today to talk about this awesome finale to the Rick Warden mythologies. As always, his books are available in a hard or soft copy from Amazon, your local library, or your favorite independent bookstore. Once again, this has been Allegra with Dragonfire Books. Thanks for celebrating 10 episodes with me. Don't forget to rate and review my podcast in Apple Podcasts. As always, feel free to email me with questions or recommendations at bookswithallegra at gmail.com. Peace and happy reading!